0: Welcome to episode 2.5 of the Revelation Station podcast. Joining me in the studio, (laughs) studio, socially distanced studio, is Agarri.
1: Hello,
2: (laughs) listeners. Thank you for listening. Is anybody listening? Uh,
0: No reply at all. Indeed. (laughs) Um, Yes, some people are listening. Good. It's not just my mum then. Welcome to this fifth episode of season two of the Revelation Station podcast in which we are looking at the solo albums of various Genesis members. Gary, how are you doing? Well,
2: do you remember last week, or do you? I can't remember, because I haven't listened to it, I don't know what you cut out. But do you remember Mm. last week how I'm on the odyssey to decorate the bedroom? Yes. Yes. Um, I found out that I can do anything but wallpapering. Turns out I'm truly appalling at wallpapering. I see. So there you go. I I have floors. I know that you weren't aware of these and think that I'm perfect, Um, but it turns out I do have floors. Yeah. And ceilings. They're next door.
0: And walls. No No walls. walls,
2: No No wallpaper, though. No. (laughs) But there you go. Oh, dear.
0: So so other than that, that,
2: pretty good. Pretty chipper. You?
0: Yes, I'm all good. I've had a new roof, so... I'm happy now. I've not I've not got a leaky roof anymore, which is nice, which is isn't which is quite appropriate. It is. Mm. Anyway, this week, yes. we are talking about the final of the five solo albums to be released by members of Genesis, which was Face Value by Phil Collins. Yeah. Have you been listening to this album this week? Oh, it's a trick
2: question, that isn't it? Because we just <laughs> talked about this and when I'd finished I finished talking um <laughs> Uh, have I been listening to it this week? I have listened to it this week.
0: Good. Good. That makes this a lot easier. It does. It <laughs> does. Um, yeah, um, that's all I'm saying at the moment. Okay. Well, let's get into the facts. Album facts, album facts. Are
2: you starting to develop a jingle for this bit?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a I, jingle condition. I think
2: it needs some work, but but you Jingles. go ahead and, and create a jingle. Maybe we should have some jingles like a proper radio station.
0: Yeah, that was a good idea. You should do that. Anyway. (laughs) No, I've got a
2: life. Thanks. No, what am I saying? No, I haven't. No, I haven't.
0: (laughs) So this album was released on the 13th of February 1981, which is almost exactly a year after Mike Rutherford released A Small Creep's Day, which we covered in our last episode.
2: We did. And we both enjoyed that, surprisingly.
0: Spoiler alert, we quite enjoyed that album. Yeah. It was a big surprise to me because I had previously hated that album. But anyway, you had heard it before,
2: hadn't you? And you weren't I very fond of it. it.
0: But um, you yep. changed your mind. I did. Over the course of the week listening to it, I changed my mind, so I was kind of hoping that, I know you've listened to some of this album before, and I was kind of hoping you might change your mind about it, but we'll see in a minute, won't we? We shall indeed. Yes, it was released on the Virgin label. It was, rather than Charisma. It was the only solo album not to be released on Charisma. Mm, yes, interesting Interesting. factoid. Well, I'll say interesting quite wrongly, but it's a factoid. (laughs) Yeah, everything else so far has been released on Charisma label. Hmm. Um, and Phil, Phil signed to Virgin because he wanted to break away from the family Speaking of breaking away, this yeah. was the first solo album not based on a book Not based on a concept, well no, Peter Gabriel's album wasn't based on a concept Phil's album is not based on a concept Unless you can class his impending <laughs> divorce and subsequent breakdown of his marriage Was it a, impending a, at this point? Because they split by the time, didn't they? By the time he'd released the album it had been done and dusted Ooh. but while he was writing and recording the demos for the album it was pending so bit of both bit of both Um but yeah obviously Mike and Tony's albums released on Based on a book. Steve's first album was based on tarot cards, and Peter Gabriel's first album was based on whatever crazy thing was going through Peter's mind at the time.
2: That is true. That is true. Same.
0: So, um, yeah. yeah. This one, I was when I was
2: reading the notes for this, um, I was surprised because mm. I didn't previously know this that Eric Clapton
0: plays on this uh, album. Well, he used a pseudonym on this album. Um, I think it's Joe Partridge or something like that. Um, so nobody knew it was Eric Clapton for a while. It's not the last time he'd collaborate with Phil because. He played guitar on Phil's 1989 album as well, but seriously.
2: Mm. Do we know which parts he, he played on this? Don't say guitar. I mean, which tracks he played on. <laughs> he
0: plays He plays on The Roof is Leaking. Right. And If Leaving Me is Easy.
2: Ah, he played okay. guitar on.
0: But they were good friends. They used to hang around and they lived nearby and went to the pub together. And after this, Phil produced a few of Eric's albums and played drums with his band. So there you go. It's yeah, it surprising
2: that he he sort of joined in with this because it's not really a guitar-led album, is it?
0: It's not, is so it? Th- so you, th- you think, you,
2: think of, you know, getting a world-class guitarist to come in and go, hey, yeah. do you want to come in and help me on this album? Sure, what am I playing? A little bit of background music.
0: But he's not the only world-class musician that's on this album that's not only at playing all, a little no. fiddly bit. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's uh, you know, he just goes show the influence that Phil's got. He makes friends very easily and those people come along and help him out. It's that cheeky Cockney accent he's got. Oh, you a cheeky cockney chappy. Oh, why?
2: Oh, why? You want
0: to come and play on my <laughs> album? Well, rabba dab It's The Adventures of Phil. It's a little cartoon. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> the Adventures of plucky Phil. But let's give a bit of background to this album, shall yes. we? Sure. So in 1978, Genesis were about to hit the big time. They'd released and then there were three and they had a huge huge USA tour lined up to promote it it was a phenomenal fun- tour wasn't it it was their breakthrough tour um it was going to be a nine month tour in fact it was a nine month tour but Phil his wife before the tour basically said to him if you go on this tour I will not be here when you come back,
2: yeah. So basically, she said to Phil,
0: "Phil, what's more important, our marriage or the chance of making a billion dollars?" And Phil went, "Are you crazy, in the coconut love? Do you know what you're saying, God? What blimey, blimey, governor? Yeah. Strike a light, I don't think, you know what you're saying?" I think,
2: I think if my, if I'd had a similar conversation with my wife, um, and I'd have gone, "Hmm, marriage, billion dollars, <laughs> marriage." Oh. But is this an actual question? Because the obvious <laughs> answer is there. Some, some say I'm money-based, but you
0: know. Eh. But I mean, and the irony is, yeah, it was a long tour and you can kind of see a point of view, but Genesis made a ton of cash out of the tour and then didn't ever do massive, massive long tours like that again.
2: Maybe it was just different time. I mean, now the time is where, where, the, where famous footballers' wives spend mm. all their time just getting together and spending money. Or, yeah. or this is the, the appearance we have of them anyway. Um, mm. while their husbands are away playing football.
0: Some might argue that that's what Phil did in the future.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, but, you know, yeah. this is what happens when you've got lots of money. Poor saps like us, who don't have lots of money, have to spend time with our mm. wives.
0: So, anyway, to try and salvage things with his wife, he decided that he would follow her. She'd moved back to Vancouver to live back with her parents and taking their kids with them. So he decided he was going to try and salvage things and moved to Vancouver. Like he In did. The period while he was away, Tony and Mike worked on their solo albums. I mean that's a bit devious, isn't it? Yes. Please refer to a previous so, episode.
2: So you're going away then, Phil. Yeah, I'll be hmm. away for a couple of weeks. Are you guys gonna be doing anything? No. No, no,
3: nothing. <laughs> nothing really. Bye. Yeah. yeah so. Oh yes, you go away, Phil, that's fine. I'll work on my solo album while you're away. I'm hmm. just I'm just gonna like paint the spare room
2: or something i won't i won't do any like recording
3: yeah, yeah.
2: something along those lines um,
0: it shows a surprising level of um maturity from tony and mike though bearing in mind that peter gabriel's daughter almost died yeah being born and they resented him spending time away from the band yeah not even taking time off from the band yeah. they resented him leaving the studio to go to the hospital to spend time with his wife and his newborn daughter yeah which it shows, I think, the different dynamics that
2: were going in the band, or maybe they learned exactly. from that mistake.
0: Yeah, quite possibly. But anyway, either way, Phil basically said, "I'm going to Vancouver. If the band's still here when I'm, when I'm done, great. If not, it's the end of the band." And they decided they were going to keep the band going, which is which is good for us. Mm. Phil returned in. April 1979, after failing to save his marriage. And because they were recording their their own albums, he was at a bit of a loose end. So he set up a home studio at his house and just recorded some demos. And those demos became face value. Badoom.
2: Badoom. And what a cracking album it was for his career. I mean, this thing went to number one in the UK charts, number Mm -hmm. seven in the US charts, which, I mean, considering you know Genesis were just breaking the US, that was brilliant.
0: I mean that absolutely smashes the previous solo albums because you know bear in mind Peter Gabriel's album was the the highest charting so far out of these first albums. Yeah. got to number seven mm. in the UK. Number one. Yeah, say number one for three weeks. Particularly in the US. I mean that was mm. that was a cracking result. So it was an instant commercial and a critical hit. Yep.
2: Recorded at the Townhouse in
0: London. It was. Yep. Yeah, recorded at the He uh, had Hugh Padgham produced the album with Phil after Phil had considered a few other names and then realised all he needed was somebody just to say, yeah, that's it, yeah, we'll do that Mm. and basically stamp his own ideas.
2: Interestingly, there are about four uh, four tracks that he wrote on this album that he
0: didn't Mm. get round to using. That's right. We heard two of the tracks were released on Duke, which came out before this album. So he had Misunderstanding, which obviously was a big hit single, and Please Don't Ask. And then he also had a track which was called How Can You Just Sit There, which became Against All Odds.
2: Yep, and another track which will become Don't Lose My Number, which then appeared on No Jacket Required.
0: That's right. So he had those extra tracks. So he had quite a fruitful period of writing and recording in his bedroom there. Yeah, he had quite...
2: I mean, the whole album itself is, again... Reminiscent of Peter Gabriel's first uh, track, there's a, mm. quite a lot of variety on this album.
1: Yeah, and yeah.
2: I think it would have been even more variety if he would have included these four tracks that weren't on there, because mm. that again yeah. shows a massive variety. Um, yeah, so it's quite interesting that for, for again for his first solo album, he's gone mm-hmm. down the same road as Peter, and he's basically although they are kind of similar. There is enough variety there to see that he's still finding his way a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, and uh, apparently, as well, he also played In the Air Tonight and If Leaving Me Is Easy to the band, but they rejected, though. They weren't interested in those two. Um, Although Tony Banks now claims that he was never played In the Air Tonight because he says he would have taken it if he had. (laughs) Hang on a minute. I think I've got
2: another one of my Mm -hmm. tapes around here from. Another archive? archive? Yeah, um, regarding that actual very meeting where they discussed the tracks that he was gonna do Whoa. I know crazy I just happened to have that I'm glad you reminded me hang on I'll how, find it
0: how is he how is he
2: getting these things he's he's a man in the business he knows people who knows people but let me just find hey. that uh cassette for you here it is I'll press play
3: <laughs> Tony. Hi, Mike. So, Mike, how did your album go down there? Oh, really well, actually. Uh, I got to number 13 in the charts. I was pretty pleased with it. You? Hmm. Well, I don't really pay attention to the chart placement, you know. It's all money-driven. It's not really that important to me. It's the art that counts. Right. So... How did your art do? I heard that the reviewer of The NME said that your album was a heap of pretentious piffle. I'm pretty sure that Future Times will recall my album as a lush, pastoral, prog rock giant. It's an album that deserves a better class of reviewer. Well, wasn't yours also similarly reviewed by Rolling Stone magazine? That's what I said, amateurs. Well, reviewers, they don't know anything, do they? I base mine on the book. book. Oh, uh... So, anyway, Phil's been working on some songs, he says. <laughs> I know, right, Phil. I suppose it'll be all jazz fusion, like Brand X. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he'll have any singing on it, or will it just be one long drum solo? Or, like... What, Gorilla or or, or that cosy Powell album? Yeah, he'll probably write lyrics about the Alamo or some obscure American comic strip. Something depressing about leaky roofs. Yeah. Number 17. Sorry? My album. It got to number 17. Well, that's only four lower than 13. Well done, mate. I mean, you did all the instruments yourself. Hmm... You had some good bass guitar. Thanks. Do you think Phil will want some help with his album? Probably. I mean, you're a multi-instrumentalist, but Phil's just a drummer. He's never even written a song on his own before. He's bound to be struggling. Perhaps that's why he wanted to meet us here. Hmm, maybe. All right, town, Mike. How you doing? Great, Phil. Just great. Sorry to hear about the divorce, mate. It must be really hard. Yeah. If you need anything, we're here for you. Oh, you guys. I appreciate that. Listen, I've got a few songs I've written that I want your opinion on. That's great. Play us a bit and we'll see what's what. Okay. Here's
0: one I've been working on.
3: It's uh, certainly very raw, sir. Uh...
0: Cheers, guys. That's just what I was going for. I wanted to show my inner tormented self. Can I just stop you there, Phil? Yeah, sure. But
3: why? Now, pull yourself together, Phil. No one wants to listen to you having a breakdown on vinyl. But it's the way I feel. You'll be feeling the back of my hand again if you don't pull yourself together. Yeah. Remember the tour bus? He can do it too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thanks, guys. You're all right. I have to get over this. Use my music to break out of this terrible place I'm in. Not sure if drums counts as music. Shush.
3: Look, Phil, have you got anything else you've been working on? Anything that might be considered less of a suicide note?
0: Well, I've been batting around a few other ideas. Armit says he thinks I should release them myself. But I wanted to know if you want to use them for the next group album. Well, play us a bit, Phil, and we'll see. All
3: right. You can have that felt. It's a bit drummy. Does it do that all the way through? Or does it kick in at any point?
0: Yeah, I stopped singing after about half an hour of that.
3: I'd seriously think about cutting it down. Yeah. I don't think there's any chance of heavy drum or bass led form of music ever becoming popular.
0: You think? How? Oh. Well, what about this one?
3: Phil, are you talking in tongues those words don't make any sense you need to talk about something that people will relate to like bread bins or double glazing or the man from uncle tony's right phil it's quite a nice melody
0: though well i mean i was gonna write proper words wasn't i
3: i just haven't had chance yet oh don't misunderstand me phil it's nice yeah it's great I'm not sure it's as good as the stuff Tony and I released on our albums, but I'm sure it'll find a niche somewhere. Yeah, that's right. We must have got a great bargain section. Didn't Mike mention he got to number 13? And Tony got to number 17. Mm.
0: I think you may have mentioned it once or twice. Look, you've got some good ideas, though. Oh, yeah.
3: Good, good stuff. So do you want either of these? Well... I like the second one. I think we could make use of that, even if it's just a
0: B-side.
3: Hmm. Well, okay, we'll take that one. But really, Phil, scrap the other one. There's no way it'll be popular.
0: Matt likes
3: it. I think he's probably just drunk, Phil. Oh. Well, I've got another one. Playing piano. Well, that's me. Oh, and uh, do you do a 10 minute solo in the middle? (laughs) No, it's a nice short love song, about three minutes long. Three minutes? Genesis fans don't want short songs like that. And love songs? Are you expecting to buy this, Phil? Your mum? Well, I'll just be happy to get it out, you know. Phil, I think it's admirable that you're trying. I really do. Why don't you leave the songwriting to the experts? Yeah, you're a good drummer, Phil. And singer. Yeah, and a good singer.
0: You'll always be number two in our books. Wow, thanks, boys. But I'm going to play around with these. I think this is going to be something special. I'm going to record these songs and put out the album. And if it doesn't sell, at least I'll have tried. That's really admirable,
3: mate. I hope you do well. Well, Mike, let's be realistic. Steve's album got to number 26 Now I don't think Phil's will do quite that well But I'm sure he'll break the top 40 Really? Oh, I mean, yeah
0: Bound to Thanks guys I know I'll never be as popular as you two But knowing you've got my back makes it easier I'm going to release the album I'm off to the studio to finish on it right now See ya Good luck Phil
3: Wow you need it. <laughs> I know. You ever heard of a solo album by a drummer selling anything? Wow, so that was that
2: was how they first heard and influenced his, his first solo album. That's quite interesting. Mm, a,
0: yeah, I mean it's a bit surprising that they've rejected Phil's stuff out of hand there, but you know, so Yeah, but you know. Good for <laughs> he was Phil. Just the drummer, I mean I he goes
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to listen to the drummer. Ever. Yeah. I mean, we've been to enough concerts between us that Nobody wants to listen to the drummer.
0: No. Yeah. all the bassists, they're not important. To not no. important at all. No, like. not really. <laughs> So yeah, so but what you don't hear on those demos there um is that Phil added the Phoenix Horns to the album on several tracks. They did the horn parts um, as they should do really. As they should, yeah, if they're
2: horns.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, um
2: you, <laughs> you don't want to, you don't bring in the Phoenix Horns to play the guitar, do you?
0: No, you that'd be pointless. They'd that make would be a mess pointless. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd just be rubbish. Um, but they were Motown session musicians and Phil's early influences in Motown. So that was a pretty good choice. But he apparently uh, asked them to play and then recorded the horn parts onto a tape, just singing the horn parts, and then gave them the tape. And then they recorded them the next day. So I'm presuming they, they got a tape of him going <laughs> like that and they went, Oh okay, we're just gonna play. Yeah, we'll whatever. just play something <laughs> similar. And, and yeah. yeah. That's a
2: that's a really weird way of working. I mean, all right, it maybe is. Phil being the drummer is not aware of musical notation. I don't know. Um, but you know, usually people send music rather than just yeah. humming
0: down a line at somebody. I suppose they weren't they weren't synthesizers then were they though so. Well you say they they
2: did have like I mean that's that's the weird thing about this album. The horns do sound like they're synthetically generated I think on some of the tracks. Well, do you think? Yeah, I do. Mm. Um it's because that some of then they're, they're not prominent. They're kind of in the background on some tracks. Mm and because they're not really prominent it does sometimes sound a bit generated i mm. think um hmm. rather than you know like he had a session band around him it sounds like this yeah. was added later through a synth well they
0: were they were apparently recorded later so maybe that accounts for it but yeah, they just was, it wasn't synth so. it just it just feels a bit
2: like it's not part of the moment, do you understand? Hmm. So it doesn't yeah. sound like everybody's getting together to do this. It sounds like yeah. well, they phoned it in later basically, which they did.
0: Yeah. But on those early tours, Phil did take the Phoenix Horns on tour with him. Yeah. So they were playing those live as well. So yeah. probably yeah. sound a better live. Ah, oh, possibly. There's a live album available. But anyway, the, the cover as well of this album is pretty iconic. It is, and I
2: that's think, that's surprising considering what they then did to it and the reissue in, what was it, 2010?
0: Uh, 2016. Was it 2016? When they remastered it. Oh, right, yeah. okay. Um, but that was the whole point of, of that, was to update it with... They did all his album covers, so I don't know if you saw them all. Yes. Um, it will so be, so they it would be
2: cool to say it looked like they'd left the original album out in the sun too long. Um, <laughs> but I suppose none of us look as... As chipper as we did when we were bright and sprightly <laughs> young youths.
0: Turned into a bit of a reason. Yeah. Wrinkly. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, the idea of the album cover is that it's getting into Phil's head. and well, it's certainly into his thoughts. face. I mean, that, that, yeah.
2: that is quite a brave thing to do to put your Mm. face that close up on something. Especially, I mean, even by today's standards, especially with the high-definition stuff, most people Mm -hmm. wouldn't be quite, you know, comfortable with that because everybody's got blemishes and stuff on their face and they can uh, brush it and stuff. But, you know, it's still quite a brave move to put your full face on there.
0: It is. I mean, Phil did think about calling the album interiors or possibly exposure. No, neither of
2: those I would like to see a photo of. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well it depends his interior what so interiors would suggest his his hall and his living I've, room maybe. i was thinking
2: colonoscopy
0: oh right okay fair enough yeah, yeah.
2: and an exposure you don't want to know what i was thinking there
0: robert Fripp released an album called exposure fairly close so i wonder if, if that's why he uh was he, that a double all... exposure,
2: <laughs> double exposure.
0: <laughs> uh, that's the best i got dear, yeah, oh, take it oh, just take it that's all i can do But, I mean, this cover is as iconic as it comes. Yeah, I mean... Pretty much.
2: That's the thing. We've always talked about how some of Genesis albums, not all of, but Mm -hmm. some of, have got simplistic, iconic... Like Duke. It's it's as simple as you can get, art-wise. But very clever for that. And this is the same thing, isn't it? It's about as Mm -hmm. simple a photograph as you can take. Black and white, of a face. And yet... It's one of those album covers, you instantly know what it is.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, rock stars put themselves on their covers all the time. Mm. And it's usually in some sort of pose. You know, they're posing playing or they're posing like or, a calendar model. Or looking they're posing over a, being abducted a in a car. Or, or posing, or posing. And this is so unstaged and unposed. I mean, I know it obviously was posed, but it doesn't look it. Mm. But, yeah, I think... It, it's a great album cover. I think. I think it's the best of the album covers we've looked at so far. Putting
2: it simply, it pretty much does what it says on the tin. Yeah. This is yeah. a Phil Collins album. Here's Phil Collins' yeah. face.
0: Yeah.
2: End of. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah. So, so good. Well photographed. I think. I particularly like the fact mm. that it was black and white. Mm. I think that makes it more stark and, and stand out more. If
0: they'd done it in yes. colour,
2: it probably wouldn't be as iconic as it is.
0: Yeah. It's easy to replicate as well if it's in black and white, isn't it? You can.
2: Well, I suppose so, yeah. But, I mean, a colour version, it doesn't quite have the gravitas, I don't think, as Mm. the black and white does. So... Yeah. I'm happy with it being black and white. I think that works so much better than the colour could.
0: Yeah, but Phil's face would feature on almost all of his solo albums from now on. The only one I think that it doesn't is um, Dancing to the Light, where it's, he's, he's on the cover, but he is in a pose. I, I haven't seen the colour, but no jacket required.
2: Is he wearing a jacket?
0: No, he's not wearing a jacket. That's a close-up of his face. it's all orange. He looks like a great big orange. Without any further ado, so the first track on the album, instantly recognisable. First single off the album in the air tonight.
2: Well, this is about as iconic as you can get, music-wise. Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody can recognise this from the opening bars. <laughs> it's a very I mean, simple four minutes, just drum and vocals, with a little yeah. bit of synth in the
0: background. Well, um, some, some guitar lines and also a little bit of violin playing in the background, but, yeah, only but in the background. They're
2: very muted, aren't they? So, mm. yeah. But it's predominantly drums, synth, vocals for the mm-hmm. first Four of the five and a half minutes of this track. Yep.
0: Then yep. it kicks into gear. That drum beat, that's the start of the 80s, isn't it? That Pretty much is... so, yeah. But I find yeah. that
2: really interesting because he did use synth drums on this, didn't he? A, a mm. drum machine. You yep. would think a drummer would do mm. anything to avoid using a drum machine because
0: basically it's making
2: him yeah. redundant, isn't it?
0: Putting him out of work, isn't it, yeah. basically? So you, think, I suppose... you think
2: he'd go, oh, I don't want a drum machine anywhere near my
0: studio. But he chose to <laughs> suppose... leave with a drum machine. I suppose if you're recording in your home studio that you've got set up and you want to noodle around with sounds as well definitely you yeah. do a drum pattern but that he's then kept that drum pattern mm. just shows how strong it well, must have been you
2: say when you're noodling around but he's a drummer mm. he must have a drum kit somewhere in that house
0: Yeah, yeah but you can't play a drum kit and play a keyboard at the same time to see what sounds go well with it can he he's only got two arms he's not an octopus
2: yeah but you can do these separately and then mix them <laughs> together i mean it's called technology simon keep up with us
0: yeah but what he's doing is he's he's got that drum pattern playing and then he's going i'm gonna noodle around on my keyboard oh no does this sound sound good like that ain't he that's what he's doing and then he goes oh i like that i'd like to think he was a bit more
2: accomplished on the keyboard than that but uh yes i, I imagine that's pretty much how it went
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is surprising that he then didn't go back and say, "Right, right now I'm going to replace that drum machine. <laughs> I'm going to replace the hell out I.
2: Yeah, in I. But then when he does kick into gear, it is actual drumming, and yeah. you know you do get the full force of it, and you can yeah. tell the difference quite quite easily.
0: Mm. Um, and that that's the start of the 80s, right there. That yeah. drum roll, the 80s didn't begin until that happened.
2: To be honest, the only thing <laughs> I really remember, the reason I remember this track, and I think a lot mm. of people do, is because there was a show in the 80s called Miami Vice. Yes. And towards the end of the pilot episode, they thought, mm. we're going to be hitting with it and add music. And they were mm-hmm. not good at that through the whole show. But they chose this track for the final yeah. sort of scene, gunfight. And the thing I remember most about that is that it turned what would have been an eight second gunfight into a full half hour of the episode because they, wait, they had most of this playing all the way through it. And it just dragged on as they were hiding behind a wheel, waiting for the gunfight to start. And they thought, we'll sit here for 20 minutes, wait for this track to play through, and then we'll start the gunfight just to be here. And it, yeah, But it's a very atmospheric piece. He's going to understand, understand why why they might try to include that in a TV show or something, mm. um, yeah. but but maybe just not all of the
0: track. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think this is this is one of Phil's best vocal performances as well. Um, he does do a grand job on this. I mean, it's, mm. it's it,
2: all the way through from the start, where he's singing quietly and yep. just really, you know, it's very well done. And then when mm. it picks up, he he. Delves into that as well and becomes yeah. much of a stronger singer um, yeah and he, it's brilliant all the way through very
0: well sung it is he's showing off his range as well which you know the the criticisms we had of Mike and Tony's album is that the singers they've chosen haven't had a particularly wide range. Yeah, um, and
2: everybody should have a good cooker. <laughs> oh, not that kind um, of range. Oh, I see what no. you're saying now. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So that was the first single released off the album in the UK, and it got to number two. Two in the UK charts, which was pretty good. That was pretty good for, for what is essentially the
2: first track from a guy nobody's heard of unless they're a Genesis mm. fan.
0: Exactly. I mean, he was fairly big in prog rock circles, but like, like you said, nobody'd heard of him. And to get to number two, the only reason he didn't get to number one was because John Lennon had been killed fairly recently um and his song woman was re-released and that was at number one
2: there's a, a quite a link to that later in this album isn't there
0: there is yes but anyway yeah. mm. uh, but that was not the f- that was not the first single in the us shut the door what I was well, that the door i'm not going to tell you we'll wait till we get to it let's move on to the next track on the album <laughs> the, anticipation. the next track it must be love Love, love,
2: doo-doo No, not that Must version
0: love, love. What? That's about as different from "In the Air Tonight" as it is from a Genesis prog rock ten minute epic.
2: <laughs> oh God, this is <laughs> dull. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna argue. Uh, let's be upfront. We are gonna argue about this album.
0: We um, are, yes. Because
2: you love you love this album, don't you?
0: I do. No spoilers, but yeah, I do
2: like this album. Yeah, yeah, and. My perception of this album will become apparent as we go through this, but I'd just like to put it down on the record at this point. Yep. I think this particular track
0: is dull. Anything else you'd like to add to that? It's very dull. Any other words other than dull you'd like to use? Uh, is crying a word? It is a word. Yeah, is
2: <laughs> the act of crying a word? Um,
0: yeah.
2: Again, it's 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 hard to describe these tracks some of these tracks because some mm. of them do feel like there's a lack of energy behind them i know that's not what mm. he's going for um yeah but, but this this just feels like uh, it's it's oh, uh, struggling to find the words to describe how dull this is without using yeah. the word dull because i've used it several times mm. already um It just doesn't really kick in at any point. And I know that's the point. It's not a kicking kind of track. It's a slow, painfully slow track that drags on and on until you want to go outside and hang yourself. Maybe not quite that slow, but you get the point. Um, Yeah. I just... Oh, no. Ah, oh, it's, it's like I was sat there listening. I was driving down in the car, yes. perfectly enjoying the ride, Listen to the first track. It was mm-hmm. a great little track. Loving it. This came on. I wanted to drive into a bollard.
0: Right. I'm playing Gary Bingo. I'm waiting for you to say a particular word. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the word? <laughs> well, I've got written down here in my notes, Gary will say this is dull. And miserable. Ah,
2: well, I thought miserable. (laughs) I did not want to use the word miserable because that's how it made me feel. Yeah. Um, But yes, yeah, I would have used that word if I had known about it. You should
0: send me (laughs) my crib notes back at some
2: point (laughs) so I know what I'm supposed to be saying.
0: Ah, But it's it's surprising. Well, it's not surprising, I suppose. Musically, it's very slow and low key. And again, minimalist music-wise. It is, yeah. But it's not a miserable song. This isn't actually a love song. This isn't about a, a lost love. And then love. he this wonders about... why
2: his marriage failed. If this <laughs> is this... the kind of love song he's singing <laughs> to his wife and she sit, sat there across the dinner table going, Phil... Phil.
0: <laughs> Phil. It's not about his... Well. But this is If you look, look at the lyrics, this is an actual love song. This is about him finding love again after the divorce. So this is one okay. of the, the songs I'm he wrote d- later on.
2: I will again put it out there. For all those Lotharios <laughs> out there, if you play this to the person you're trying to pick up, you <laughs> are not getting any tonight. Uh, well... <laughs>
0: Do you want to listen to some Phil Collins tonight, darling? It's not going to get you anywhere, are any, you, is it? Yeah, you, you put this
2: album on and you're both going home to separate beds. It, it's not going to get her in the mood, is it?
0: No, yeah, no. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I quite like this song. It's quite nice. Quite, you like um, Morrissey. I, mm, we've talked about Morrissey before. We have, yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, but it's the same sort of thing. You you quite like the downbeat, yeah. nine inch nails, Morrissey kind of exactly. vibe, exactly. Like this... and, and I like I like to be alive and and
0: live and, and enjoy things as much as musically. This sounds miserable. This isn't a miserable song. This is about this is I found love. This must be love. I'm feeling. That's it. You keep telling that. To it yourself. is. I'm to stick. Lyrics. I'll
2: stick with miserable. You read I'll the lyrics. I'll stick with miserable. Yeah.
0: So it's a it's
2: a it's it's again. It's if if this was actually left on a bridge, you would just assume it was a suicide
0: note. But it's in- interesting the difference between the the words that he's singing and the music. They all that's kind played. of yeah. I will agree with you on that. I mean, one. I know um, it sounds like a miserable song because the music's so downbeat. But oh no, it is a miserable song. But
2: <laughs> I see what you're saying about the lyrics. The lyrics don't match the tone yeah, exactly. of the song. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the tone of the song drowns out any hope the <laughs> lyrics had It's like being in the middle of a sea and shouting help Nobody can hear the help for the sea mm,
0: Well, well, I, I quite like the song anyway So I think it's, it's nice, it's good um, I, know, I know you do and, and
2: I hope the therapy
0: goes well <laughs> uh, I like the bass line that's playing That's by uh, Alfonso Jones Who was in Weather Report um, with Chester Thompson I like that
2: Ah, another link there.
0: Exactly, so. But yeah, You Don't Like This Song. It's all very
2: incestuous, isn't it? It this is, same? yeah. They,
0: they work Ooh. with people they know, don't they, So, but, but You Don't Like This Song. I do like this song. Did I give that impression? Really? <laughs> yes. It's not my favourite song on the album, but I do like the song. But it seems like a strange change of pace after In The Air Tonight. Um, Yeah, but it's kind of,
2: again, it's kind of similar to what Pete was doing Mm. in the fact that he was changing tempos all the time, trying to keep you off base, trying to keep you you know wobbly so you didn't know what was coming next. And that that also works here. You're not prepared for the dullness that follows, (laughs) sorry, for the other tracks that follow this. (laughs) Um, So it's a nice change of tone and tempo Mm. from the opening track. Yes. But again, going back to what Genesis do best. Yes. Start off with a track that gets everybody going, yeah. and this album again does that. Exactly. It's following that same theme of theme of starting up with a, with a great
0: track. Yeah. But that's the thing; it is apparently Phil who usually chose the running order of the Genesis albums. Oh, well, so, there you go. So. he's the one who knows that so. you need to start off with a a banger. So starting, so following form here, yeah, really. exactly. And to be fair, mm. all of his albums consistently have. A similar like Genesis the first track is a fantastic track and is yeah. sometimes the best track on the album in exactly the same way that it was Genesis so but you like this track I like this track yes you don't like this track no let's move on to the next track
2: now yeah now the next track yes this will be familiar to many Genesis fans It will, but not in this styly. and it is of course behind the lines Of my own hands, so I didn't hit the bollard from the last track. Yeah, and this came on. Yep. And my brain's going, no, 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 don't kill yourself. It's fine. You, you like this one. You know this one. It'll be all fine. Yeah. It'll be all fine. And that was going on. I hear voices quite a lot, yeah. as you know. Yes. Um. So, so this was. I'm not, not talking unusual. to you now.
0: It's, uh, I don't exist. I quite often
2: think <laughs> I'm doing this podcast alone, but in two different voices. Um. And my brain doesn't know I'm doing it. It's all like a big dream. Anyway. So this came on yeah. and i thought i i i kind of do i know this one mm. and then as it goes on you recognize it for what it is yes just
0: not how it is. Yes. So for some context then, you've not really listened to Face Value before. I've never heard it before. So you'd obviously heard In the Air Tonight. Yes. Had you heard anything else from this album? I think you mentioned to me you tried listening to this before. I, I think I'd heard a couple of the other tracks
2: because mm. they were released as singles, weren't they? Yeah. Um, so I must have heard some of the other tracks at some point because they they sounded mm. vaguely familiar. Um, this one, of course, yes. very familiar because yeah. it's off Duke, um, or, but re- yeah. reworked and retooled. This particular version of it, it's very different, isn't it?
0: It is very different. Now, funny thing about this for me is this was the first version of this song I heard because I heard Face Value before I heard Duke. When I heard the Duke version, I was, what the heck is this? This right, because they are
2: so different. <laughs> yeah. the, the versions.
0: Yeah, which just shows, isn't it? It's interesting how uh, the same song, just changing the arrangement of the song, creates something mm. completely different. Because this is a pop. It's this is a pop song. Parallel universe version, isn't it? This is a pop song. But I don't yeah, think you could say is. the version of Duke it's
2: Duke completely in the different in tempo yeah. and in meaning yeah. essentially because it's part of the Albert suite in mm. Duke. So you would think that taking it out and doing it separately mm. um it's like taking a chapter from a book yeah. and and releasing it on its yeah. own. does it doesn't make sense? But this does actually work quite it well does. as a standalone It segment. does.
0: Yeah, you don't need to know the concept of the Albert suite to be able to enjoy this track. No. Um, and the lyrics make perfect
2: sense. Yeah, I'm not saying I like it. No,
0: are you not?
2: No, it's it's okay. Right, it's okay. I find the tempo a bit discordant. Mm. Um, it's maybe it's because I'm so used to the original mm. that I find this kind of odd. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a nice reworking of it. Mm. It's just not something I would probably prefer to listen to. Yeah,
0: I really like it. I'm surprised he didn't uh, release it as a single. To be honest, I think it. it it cries, screams out that it should be singing. It, it
2: kind of is because it's one of the livelier tracks on mm. this album. Yeah. So you'd think they go, you know, that's kind of better than some of the other tracks on here. Maybe we should, you know, l- release something that people aren't going to cry to. <laughs> yeah, maybe.
0: But apparently, Phil got the idea of this because he heard a sped-up version of the the Duke recording, and that made him think, oh, I could do a, I could do a Motown almost version of this, and that's how he came about doing it. So it's the only track on the album that's credited to anybody other than Phil writing.
2: Yeah, same. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 okay. Yeah. It's just not something I would probably play no. over the the Duke version. Mm.
0: So like I say, I like both versions now. But this was the first version I heard, and in many ways, I prefer this version. But I like both of them. But it's good, another good track for me.
2: The next track sort of slides very nicely into your personal life at mm-hmm. the moment, doesn't
0: it? The roof is leaking. My roof's not yes. leaking anymore.
2: <laughs> no, because you've had yours fixed. I have.
4: Here and there's Before them They try their hardest To make it a home
0: Seems so long now
4: Since they passed on. I hold my children and Try to make it their own Mama's roof is leaking And the moon is howling The kids are crying
2: I think I'd rather be fixing a roof than listening to this album.
0: Um, hmm, this is an odd one for me because, in the context of the album, I think it fits. Yes, I think the mood fits. Mm-hmm. I think it's good in that sense that the album is very downbeat. It's not my thing, really. I'm not really that keen on this track. This is my least favourite track on the album. No. I think
2: I'm going to use the words "dull" and "miserable" again. Um, oh, hang on.
0: You've... Oh no, I didn't write it. I didn't write it down for this one.
2: Oh no, <laughs> no, no, you, no. Bingo's calling this time. This time, but no. I, again, this is a, another rather simple little mm. ditty musically wise yeah there, there's no big yeah. orchestration on this and it's it's very symbolic of this whole album in the fact mm. that it's very vocally led the vocals on yes. this al- on this album for the most part of the tracks is very much to the front with the music kind of almost in the background mm. and um again this this particular track is very symbolic of that
0: it is um, i mean just a shame it's, it's, probably... it's so poor I was going to say, it's probably the most depressing song ever written, I think. And you've listened to Morrissey. And I've listened to Morrissey. It's just, it is so miserable. Mm. Um, I kind of enjoy it from that point of view. <laughs> <laughs> and that, you, know, um, you so um, need therapy. <laughs> I'm listening to this. That means there's somebody out there who's more miserable than I could possibly ever be. Schadenfreude <laughs> is me... a horrible thing, young man. Exactly. It gives me hope. <laughs> <laughs> it gives me hope that there's someone out there,
3: there's somebody in a worse position than me. Yeah. Nice. But, you know,
0: it's, it's, it's another American You're story, You're such a isn't stand-up
2: it? humanitarian, you know that. I am. Yeah. I am.
0: But Phil loves his American stories, doesn't he? You know, he's done Ballad of Big. Um, he's going to do Me and Virgil. When they do three by three, which tell all similar things. Yeah, which was,
2: of course, the Thunderbirds related story.
0: <laughs> exactly, but these are all similar things, all about American history and about America, uh, basically uh, American culture. Pra- exactly, yeah. but it, this is this is covering similar subject matter to Peter Gabriel's "Don't Give Up," Um and I don't think anybody would accuse "Don't Give Up" of being as miserable as this. No,
2: because this the. the- the tone of this is give up.
0: Yeah, it it almost is. It's this is a guy at the end of it. Yeah, he's, and he's not going anywhere from this. It's, to be honest, I was feeling the same way here.
2: about this album at this point.
0: <laughs> Ended it all. Yeah. It's it, it's a bit of a roller coaster ride for you so far, isn't it? You know, good, bad, good, bad.
2: No, no, no. Oh. It's good, and then mostly downhill. I'm waiting <laughs> for the good to come back because at the moment I'm screaming down into this abyss, and as far as I can see, <laughs> the track is ending. At some point. Yeah. So <laughs>
0: um,
2: it's kind of one of those roller coasters, the kind you don't come back yeah. from.
0: One thing on this uh, this track which I particularly don't like is slide guitar. That's not just on this this track. I just don't like the sound of slide guitar, steel S- guitar. Slide Stinction. guitar
2: is great if you listen to country and western. Um, yeah. It doesn't really fit in very well anywhere else. Yeah, uh, I mean, Dire like Straits sound, might, might argue that point. Um, mm. but, but basically, yeah. It's 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 an odd sound and it has to fit, um, yeah. and it doesn't fit here particularly well. I think.
0: Yeah, and you've got Eric Clapton playing it as well. So. Way. But yeah, Phil, Phil said that he preferred he's a rough demo version of this um, rather than the final produced version. So I don't. I kind of. I guess this is his overproduced moment, but mm. yeah, I don't mind the song, but it's not my favorite and I wouldn't be bothered about listening to it again no to be honest. I,
2: I agree with you entirely on that it's 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 mm. dull and miserable
1: mm.
0: yeah House. move on to the next <laughs> move on to the next track it's instrumental which is called drone. piece completely different completely different again it's almost world music it it
2: does fit in with the last track though because this is also quite dull yeah
0: you don't like this one
2: well it just Um, it's it's a nice enough musical piece but it doesn't really go anywhere it doesn't build or or flow and ebb it just Mm. drones on it's perfectly
1: named
0: yeah yeah i mean it's almost it is almost the next these two tracks, the next two tracks, should really be one piece of music, shouldn't they? Yeah. As an intro, um, this might have been interesting. Separate. But yeah. as
2: a standalone track on its own, it doesn't fulfil itself as a track because there's no obvious beginning, middle, or end. It's just one yeah. long continuous drone.
0: It's unquiet slumbers for the sleepers, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. From from wind and weathering yeah, 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 that yeah. little intro. That yeah, leads into the next piece. But, but, doesn't work on its own. No, but, but this works doesn't obviously
2: the, lead into hold. the next piece.
0: Well, it's supposed to. And
2: nobody does. That's the thing, does it?
0: It doesn't really um, do
2: that. I don't think it mm, pretty yeah, much is yeah. a standalone piece.
0: Yeah, but it, it's using the same drum pattern across the two, so the drum pattern links them. I
2: don't think it links particularly well. If I'm, if I'm to be musically honest, musically
0: it sounds. Good. Yeah, but you know, it's it's Phil. It, it's kind of it's it's Phil saying. I can experiment with music as much as Peter. You know, Peter's not the only one who can experiment. Yeah. I can play around and things. And it, from that point of view, it's a success. But yeah, it is, it, I don't think this works as a standalone track. No. It only works if you listen to this and the next track, which is Hand in Hand.
2: Few tracks so far on this album that is pretty much like a real song. You know, yeah. it, it's almost got a single feel to it. I like mm. the nice kiddie choir, yeah. which obviously yeah. I don't repeat very often in public for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, but it's still quite dull, I think.
0: Do you think I really like this? I think it's a really fun, funky track.
2: Yeah, I think, I, I think you're going I to, think to find really the word "dull" springs up quite a lot in my review <laughs> of these tracks.
0: Say, I, I would, I would disagree with you quite heartily on this being dull normally track- if we
2: were doing this in the pub as usual it would be fisticuffs at this point
0: wouldn't it yeah it would yeah i mean i would agree that droned is a little bit dull and i would definitely agree that the roof is leaking is dull but i don't think you can call this dull i think this is a great r&b groove it's got this it's it's funky it's yeah, I'd really like this one. I think it's a great instrumental. It's a nice. It's it's
2: it's a rounded song, unlike some of the mm. tracks we've already had on this. You know, which yeah. kind of just drone on and on, or never mm. quite build up. This one has a nice rounded feel. It's got a very yeah. definite beginning, middle, and end. So it, yeah. it is a whole song, mm. which sounds stupid, but I know what I mean. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. but I, it still doesn't grab me. Um, it's nice enough. Mm but it's yeah. never going on my top 10,000 compilation album.
0: You're not a big instrumentals fan, though, are you?
2: I love instrumentals. I, I love classical music. I love a mm. lot of things.
0: But, no, but, I mean, uh, in the well, terms of Genesis stuff, you've never really been... The the instrumentals have never been your favourite things. Oh, how
2: dare you, sir? There's quite a lot <laughs> of them I've enjoyed. Quite a lot <laughs> of them, sir. But, um, no, no... Yeah. I love an instrumental when it's done well when it's mm. when it's got a lot to say when there's a lot going on and it's it rises and falls and it's got a definite climax to it
1: yeah
2: when they just are musical interludes for the sake of a musical interlude they lose mm. my attention quite quickly i like my mm. i like my musical pieces to be dynamic and interesting and and a good yeah. use of instruments and rhythms and tempos and styles. The last track didn't have any of those and hmm. this track, it just doesn't hold my interest enough for me to want to keep listening to it. It's pleasant enough hmm. to start but it doesn't really go anywhere enough to keep me entertained.
0: Okay, fair enough. I mean, I like it. I think it's interesting to contrast Phil's approach to doing instrumentals as it, and Mike and Tony's approach to doing instrumentals.
2: Yeah, I, When I was listening to these um, that was the first thing that struck me. It's like hmm. while we enjoyed Mike's Album and we, although we weren't that fond of Tony's, we applauded it because you know it Mm -hmm. was it was technically well done. Um, Yes, you can see with the instrumentals here how well all three together work at bringing these up to scratch. Because on their own, they all struggle a little bit with musical pieces, Hmm. but when they're together, you get a much rounder sound from them.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. But that said, I think phil is the closest to the genesis sound um out of the three of them do you think so when it comes to instrumentals Uh, yeah i I,
2: I will disagree with you um Mm. just just for the sake of disagreeing with you to be perfectly honest you know how i like (laughs) to argue
0: um your your hobby
2: it is a hobby i I enjoy my hobbies and and that is one i I will (laughs) argue quite happily with anybody um specifically you um and in a pub um With alcohol. Mm. uh, My favorite places, my favorite places, and my favorite circumstances on which to argue. Uh, (laughs) But um, yeah, no, I I must say, not a great fan of this track. It's fine. End of.
0: Well, that rounds off the first side of the vinyl album. Thank God. Next track, I missed again. Yeah, this was a single. This was the second single released in the UK. Um, it got to number fourteen. <laughs> Can't remember writing. And so it was, gonna, it was the first single released in the US. So this was the first one, as opposed to in the air tonight in the US. Mm. I think
2: this one reminds me the most of Genesis on this album.
0: And it's, Do you think in its
2: composition of its of its music? I, I
0: suppose. Well, I I have noted I've made a note that it's almost like it's part of a trilogy of songs that Phil did. Is this then no reply at all, and then Paperlate, where they all have a similar theme and not theme, not as in theme, but like musical theme, yes. a similar yes, style. Yes, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, but it's it's the almost exact opposite of It Must Be Love on this album, because It Must Be Love is a really uplifting lyric attached to a more downbeat music, and this is a really depressing lyric. Attached to yeah. up beat yeah, it is. It is a track. <laughs> if so these were the, singles, this would be it.
2: the B side and the A sides type thing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's got. No, it's got a nice yeah, sax, sax
2: solo in the middle, has not it? We have to lose that sax solo. But it's a clear it's sax, a sax as well. It's not it played in the background. It's it's. Front and centre, mm. which is interesting because almost mm. everything else we've had, the music yeah. has kind of been muted and in the background. And this is mm-hmm. this is in your face, isn't it?
0: It is. Yeah, I'm quite really a big like fan of the sax. It quite well it, um, it,
2: it has to be used correctly because, like the bagpipes, mm. not everybody's cup of tea, but used properly. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. Foreigner made good use of sax on quite a few of their tracks. Yeah. Um, urgent, I think. They use the sax. And, you know, it can work fine in a song, even in a rock song or a pop song, um, but it has to be used sparingly. And yep. uh, it is here. It's not. It doesn't have a state's welcome, and it, and it does accentuate a nice point in a song.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but, mm-hmm.
2: you know what I'm going to say?
0: Yes. Duh. Yep. <laughs> you don't like this song at all? Uh, well, it, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's got its moments.
2: But if I'm being honest here, mm-hmm. this album is not my kind of music. Yeah, in any way, shape, or form, I would never buy this album, and I know that's <laughs> that's preempting the end of this podcast, yes. but it kind of is in sort of telling in my review because yeah. I, I can't get into this. I just cannot get into this. Uh, well, I don't know.
0: So, well, let's let's move on then. Let's see what the next track holds. Please, um, you know what I mean.
2: Yeah, I do know what you mean.
0: You know what I mean. You know what, you know what I mean. I mean? a little barroom piano ballad, isn't it? Do you feel like you should be experiencing this in a smoky bar? Yes,
2: I, I'll read you my notes in full on this. Short, right. semi-musical piece, dull-ish.
0: <laughs> dull-ish?
2: Yeah, because wow. there were bits on this that are quite light. Hmm. But again, you will listen to it and go, hmm, that's quite interesting. Has it hmm. finished yet? Because, um, it, again, it's another musical piece that doesn't really go anywhere.
0: Yes, I kind of agree with you on that. But don't you think that just as it's getting to the point where uh, it's, this is too long, he ends it? If this was a, a Genesis song, this would go on for five minutes. Oh, yes. You know, think yeah. of your own special way. That's a that's a good song that's at least a minute, if not two minutes, too long. I agree. it's yeah. is, is two and a half minutes, and just as it's starting to get, uh, this is getting a bit samey, getting a bit boring he ends
2: it. Yeah, I, I would have said that would have occurred for me after 1 minute.
0: But yeah, we'll, we'll take your we'll take your view of it. Mm, fair enough. But Shortish, dullish. Yeah, it's very raw lyrically. Very, one of the I mean a lot of the songs on this album are, but this one in particular. The,
2: the, the thing about this album is you can you can see it's like Murielian's albums. Hmm you know, you can see from where the lyrics are coming. Yeah. And that sometimes makes a great album, mm-hmm. and sometimes it makes an album where you just think, look, look, just go out and bang your head against the wall. Don't make <laughs> us listen to this. Hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's. I agree with you in many respects about this track. Yeah. But, again, I refer you to my point, <laughs> dull-ish.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm interested to know what you think of the next track then. Thunder and Lightning...
2: Busy, mm-hmm. Used the same title for a track and it was a corking track. Yeah, this track is not nearly as exciting as the title <laughs> leads you to believe it's going to be.
0: Do you think, Do you not think? I, I think this is a great track, I really like this one.
2: Can I use my favorite word for this album so far? And is say, it gonna be dull? It is, it is.
0: Yeah. You see, you're getting the hang
2: of it, so um, <sighs> it's it's got it's... a really upbeat tune now
0: really upbeat and really jumpy and it's got a, a hopeful lyric as well it's a really upbeat track I think your
2: version of upbeat and joyful are completely different to my versions
0: Well yeah, it must be because this is really this really zips along and bounces along. I don't know what you're listening to Are you listening to the right track
2: <laughs> yeah I definitely am um, <laughs> I can see what you're saying but it just didn't hold my attention. I think because I'd been <laughs> dulled into senselessness by the previous tracks. Hmm. Um, this this could have been Beethoven's fifth and I would have just thought it was dull (laughs) because that's all I'm seeing at the moment is please God let this album end
0: I think, see this is one of my favourites on this album, I think this track is almost flawless, it's got a great bouncy beat, it's got a great lyric and a great vocal performance from Phil. I think this is one of his best vocal performances ever on this track.
2: Oh, I agree. The vocals are particularly <laughs> uh, good on this. But yeah. Um, it's just that, you know, the band on, on the Titanic when it was sinking were brilliant, but the boat was still <laughs> sinking.
0: But, yeah, I think this should have been a single. I think this is a great track. I really, really like this track.
2: It's yeah, great. I... each and I'm leaving it
0: at that. Well, fair enough. So you've got nothing good to say about that track, then? Um,
2: it was a nice colour.
0: <laughs> ah, well, well, I'm Not Moving is the next track. <laughs>
2: Says, I'm not moving but I am. Mm-hmm.
0: Are <laughs> oh, you? Yeah. yeah it's a slightly jolly tune. It's a nice boppy track I think. Nice boppy track. But that is about it yet again. So yeah this is, this is quite a nice boppy track I like I'm not moving. The lyrics I think are open to interpretation because all the reviews i've read of this track and all the uh, the podcasts i've heard about this track all point out how it's say it's um it's it's one of those typical songs isn't it you know don't worry about it i'm gonna be here i'll support you and i've never seen it like this i've always seen it as this is somebody who is actually it's about an abuser it's like you know do the you way think he sing, like somebody's grooming it, somebody the way he sings it mm. he gets more aggressive don't you worry turn around and i will still be here it's like but it says like you know um you can shout it out feel free to speak your mind shout it out nobody's listening to you this is somebody who is who is making that point nobody's listening to you so what are you going to do i'm still here and he's he's almost keeping it, it's like it, it it feels like an abusive relationship to me rather than a supportive relationship. Um, But yeah, I've always interpreted it as being about somebody restricting somebody from going away, not somebody who's being supportive. I'm not moving. doesn't matter what you do. I'm not moving. That's how that goes to me.
2: Mm, Yes. I suppose it could be. No, it it, it is quite a a lighthearted, boppy sound. Um, Mm. I'll give you that. It's not overly dull. It's not overly miserable. And yeah. yet at the same time manages to be dull and miserable.
0: Um, uh, see, I think, I think Phil's playing with your perceptions again there, like he did with the, the few tracks we've talked about before, where it's a downbeat lyric attached to an upbeat track or yeah. a, a, an upbeat lyric attached to a downbeat track. I think this is the same. I think he's done this in a specifically hopeful sort of musical style and made it so that actually it's a more sinister lyric than you would give it credit for. Um, I think I think it's deliberate I think he's, he's playing with your perceptions he's
2: playing with my mind
0: he's messing with your mind man he's twisting your melons man he's doodling me noodle <laughs> yeah uh, um, but I like this track I think this should have been a single I think it's great so next track is If Leaving Me Is Easy I didn't
4: believe it not you no you would not let me go I wasn't wrong
0: another one
2: that's from that smoky bar it is it's got nice sax i like the sax
0: it's more like Chardet than like uh, anything else to me sounds like it could be from a program like moonlighting yes i mean that yes yes yeah why not you say that i will say that i have
2: said that um it's not again this isn't one of my favorite tracks and i'm using the word favorite again but mm. there are almost no tracks on this album that are my favorite <laughs> tracks, so it's yeah. um, it's rather super sad. Oh, this one—it's kind of like a track that I almost like, just like the mm. other tracks on this that I almost like. Because um, quite frankly, I almost—I could <laughs> like this track if they played more with the sax. Yeah. Um, but it just wasn't quite enough of anything to make me like this track. Well, well,
0: well this was the third single off the album. Really? They did this yes. as a single? It was a single, yeah. Did it um, do very well? It got to number 17 in the That's them. bloody good going. It is. Not a bad chart placement, but seems like an odd choice for a single to me, then.
2: Them's were different times. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is an odd choice for a single. I can think of a couple of other tracks on here that I think would have done better as a single. Yeah. Some of the livelier, um, more rounded song types. Yeah. Um, mm. Not this one, I don't think.
0: No, it's not my favourite one, but again, yeah, it's alright. I don't mind it. Saxophone's alright. Got Eric Clapton playing guitar on it as well. But yeah, that slowly leads us on to the last track on the album, which is a cover of the Beatles' song Tomorrow Never Know.
2: one out of Lennon and McCartney's bin. <laughs> it's, it's it's not one of the classic Beatles tracks. If you were going to nick a Beatles track, I wouldn't have chosen this one.
0: Have you heard the Beatles version of this before?
2: It's from the album Revolver,
0: which is a great album. It is. I mean, I, I, to be honest, it's not my favourite Beatles song. No. Um, it's one I don't mind, but it's pretty much and exactly the same, this cover version is. Um, and so it's it, that story, again, where you go is there any point in doing a cover version if it's going to sound exactly like the original?
2: I mean, at the risk of becoming a Beatles podcast at this point, (laughs) um, this was taken from the album Revolver, which was a very experimental uh, Mm. album for the Beatles. It had a massive variety of songs on there. And... I don't know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have chose this track to add on to here. It kind of fits in with the with the rest of the theme of yeah. this I mean it's slow, it's dull, it's miserable, and it it kind of just goes on until you pray it's to God a, for it to it's stop. A psych,
0: psychedelic freak out, isn't it? It's not it is it's it not is. the first thing you'd think of if you were gonna cover a Beatles song.
2: No, and to be fair to Phil in his rendition of this track, he does keep that psychedelic freaked out hmm. style in it. Yeah. We've so, got lots yeah. of backwards
0: instruments playing on there.
2: Yeah, so I mean, it, it, it's almost like a tribute to Lennon and McCartney. I think it probably is a tribute
0: to, to John Lennon, to be honest, but yeah. it's it's a strange end to the album. It it's an, doesn't it's an really odd end. It doesn't no. fit stylistically with the rest of the album either, I don't think.
2: I agree entirely. It doesn't. But as you were just saying, it doesn't feel like an end track either. No. Genesis and. They've always had a way of making the end track feel like an end track. Yes. Um, And that doesn't carry along to this album because this does not feel like an end track. It feels like an odd track to end on. Yeah. um, Without being an end track.
0: Yeah. I think, like I said, I think in the Mike Rutherford episode last week, the really good last album track makes you want to get up and put the album back on again.
2: Yeah. This one doesn't do that.
0: Doesn't. It's it ends the album, but it doesn't inspire you to jump up and immediately listen to it again. To be
2: absolutely honest, there is no track this could end with that would make yeah. me want to jump up and put this album <laughs> on again.
0: I don't mind that track, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's
2: an it's an odd track. It's it's a Fine, as we were saying, you know, like a homage to hmm. the Beatles, but it doesn't have a place on this album and it yes. doesn't have a place ending this album.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with you on that, although I do like it. I think it would have been good to hear it, but I'm not sure it fits on this album.
2: No, not, um, not stylistically, tonally. Yeah. or or any other way, and it certainly isn't a, a, an ending yeah. track to this album.
0: But then it does obviously end with a little snatch of Somewhere Over the Rainbow, if you listen very carefully as it plays out. Yeah,
2: but so. it doesn't really save it, does it? No, it doesn't.
0: So shall we move on to talking about the whole album then?
2: Yeah, sure, why not? I mean, okay. I, mean I think a lot of people have already got the gist of my feelings about this album.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to say my piece first and then you can tell me what you think so that I can easily edit you out.
2: God, have I ever managed to <laughs> stop you talking about what you think? I mean, really.
4: well Oh) Once in
1: a okay.
0: I think this is um, a dark brooding classic and it's one of the most downbeat albums of all time but I think it's iconic in every way possible. I think musically, visually, the album cover and as a piece of musical history almost... Um, it's it's just iconic I think it's a great album It's nothing like Genesis Which is surprising For saying it's the singer of Genesis And I think it's, it's as diverse As Peter Gabriel's first album This is again, like Peter Gabriel's first album This is a singer Or an artist trying to find his style um, And I love it I think it's a great album It's one of my favourite albums of all time Have you done? Yeah, pretty much
2: okay I'll, I'll give you my opinion
0: all right
2: i agree with you on many points that you've just said mm. it's got a great cover
0: yes that's one point that's not many points
2: no that was that was pretty much it <laughs> um i agree that stylistically and tonally it's quite varied mm-hmm. um but let me let me just refer to my notes um the word dull and miserable right that's Basically my entire <laughs> review of this album. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people are going to be screaming at me at this point because it. I am a well aware that this is a very well-considered album. A lot of people like this. Mm. Rightly so. A lot of people like football, mm. you know? <laughs> and and I don't get that either. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I just found this quite a depressingly dull album. Yeah. There was very little for me to get behind. I like... A lot of different styles of music, this is not one of them. um I, ju- I just found it very hard to get into because it was very downbeat through most of it mm. or felt that way to me. I didn't think the music was particularly interesting enough to hold my attention, yeah nor were any of the rhythms. it didn't really a lot of the songs didn't really kick in mm. um, and I know I know I understand it's not a kick in kind of album yes. Yeah. Um, it's a
0: breakup album. It's not supposed to kick yeah, in Yeah, but we're
2: happy. not all supposed to be involved in your breakup. We've all been through breakups. <laughs> and the one thing you hate when you go down the pub is having to listen to your mate going, it was going beautifully. And then it all went wrong because nobody wants to sit with that guy in the pub, even though we've both sat with that guy. <laughs> But it's and like we've both been that guy. We but... have on many occasions, <laughs> but you know, it's it's like we've always been there for each other. Ah. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: but we always at the same time also wanted to be in a completely different bar um when we were yeah. doing that. Um but it's like <laughs> this is almost like a suicide note. I know we joked about that, but it's just so mm. dull. You listen to this album, you think you want to go up to him and go, Phil, it is everything okay? And I know everything isn't in his mm. life at this point. And that comes across on this, but it yeah. doesn't mean I have to listen to it. I know it sounds heartless and mean and all the other adjectives <laughs> and verbs and nouns you can throw at that particular sentence. Yeah, But I just there's just nothing on this album that grabs me. I, I couldn't listen mm. to this album for pleasure. Mm. I couldn't listen to it in the car because I would drive into a bollard. I can't listen to it at home because I'd throw the stereo out the window. I can't listen to it on my iPod. I, I would throw it away if I had to listen <laughs> to this album. It's just... Are you getting the gist of what I'm thinking about this album? I'm getting
0: the gist of it, yeah. You don't like this album. You're wrong. You're very wrong. I'm I'm
2: quite aware that a lot of people are going to have that opinion. (laughs) Because, as I say, I know it's a very much loved album um, by a lot of people. There's a lot of nans out there who've got this album. Um, (laughs) And quite rightly so. This is one that you buy for your mum for Christmas. She'd go, oh, that's nice. And she'd never (laughs) put it in the CD player. Um, So it sold a lot. But it was given given away a lot as presents, I imagine, that were never played.
0: But but the popularity of this album, Mm -hmm. right? So don't underestimate this. The popularity of this album didn't only change the whole direction of Genesis, the whole way Genesis worked, and everything about Genesis was changed by this album. It also changed the music scene of the 80s. It changed so many things. It was... It just—it's one of the most iconic albums of all time. I think. I think it's great, and I love it. It would definitely be in my top ten albums of all time. I think it's this amazing. is
2: never going to be in my top one hundred thousand albums. I, I'm not <laughs> dissing it. I, I understand that a lot of people love this album. It just really isn't my kind of music, and I, I, there's nothing—no amount of replaying of this album—is going to make me like it.
0: And then. And, and <laughs> Do you not? Do you? Do you not even like in the air tonight? Then would you put that on no, a compilation?
2: No, I like the track. Don't get me wrong; it's a fine track. Mm-hmm. It just—it's just, just overlong and overboring to listen to on a compilation, because yeah. you, you'd want to skip across to the next fun track. Um, but I, it, it is a <laughs> fine track as a standalone. I wouldn't put it on a compilation. Yeah. Um, everything I say about this being dull and miserable. Yeah, comes from the fact that it isn't my kind of music. Yeah. So kind of my review of this is tainted because it isn't my kind of music. And there's nothing that will make this my kind of music. I can't be objective reviewing this album Mm. because there's not even a slight part of me that's enjoying it. So basically, everybody should ignore what I've said (laughs) on this entire podcast, which is not unusual, I am led to understand. (laughs) And listen to your side of it because this is an album that you thoroughly enjoy. I I do. Um, and I, I can't, I can't join you <laughs> on this particular emotional trip. Uh, you're on your own. I'm pushing your boat out or your iceberg out into the flow. As you disappear into the distance on your little iceberg, I'm waving goodbye at you. <laughs>
0: well, well, I'm on that little boat with a uh, podcast friend. And oh, listener. it's not a
2: boat. It's a definitely melting iceberg. Uh, well, I, Trust I'm me. On that- if I was going to push you out to sea, it would be on something that's melting. Well, I'm on
0: that melting iceberg with our, our podcast listener, David. Hello, David. Who's left us some feedback on Facebook. I know. He loves this. He, loves it he the lo- same way he, I love he, it. He not. read
2: it. He wrote a nice piece, which yeah. which was basically a gushing love letter about this album, yeah. and I just sat there reading it going, ah, oh. but he's wrong. <laughs> but that's not the point here, is it? Everybody's got an opinion. Sorry, David. Everybody's got an opinion. It's just that, and I understand that in this particular context, I am wrong. Mm-hmm. You will never hear me say that again. What? Uh, you are wrong. I didn't even say it the first time. You no. are wrong. And don't you ever... Don't you ever <laughs> Cut that out and use it as your ringtone. <laughs> it's already there. I know. I know. So as soon as I said it, I thought I'm going to hear this back, played back. You're going to send me an email with this as a soundbite. So on that it's bombshell on the Facebook page and everything. On that bombshell, <laughs> it's not a bombshell. Gary
0: admits he's wrong. On that bombshell, that's the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we placing this on the leaderboard? Because I'm pretty sure I want to put it probably second after Peter Gabriel won. Possibly first, I, but I'm going to go second, I, I think.
2: I can't even put it on our board.
0: Well, let's remind the um, listeners what the board is so far. Sure. So in first place, we've got Peter Gabriel's first album. I'm in glad you are writing place, this down. In second place, we have Small Creeps Day. Third Great place, album. we have Love that. Voyage of the Acolyte. Yeah. And in fourth place, we have A <coughs> Feeling. Yeah. So yeah. where does this go? So so you like this more than a curious feeling? No. You don't like this more than a curious feeling?
2: No, I would rather be strapped to a chair <laughs> and have a curious feeling played at me endlessly than wow. even have one track of this played at me. Wow. Yeah, I would put this at number wow. 47. Wow. Sorry. Sorry. Wow. No, there's a lot of wow. people screaming and ranting at me at the moment. <laughs> Um, I, I am thoroughly used to that. Trust mm-hmm. me. Um, but no, I, I, I don't even a bit like this album.
0: Well, I'm going to leave it up to me then. So I'm going to put this second. <laughs> what? I'm going to put this second then. That's it. I'm deciding. I'm, de- I decide on this one. So it's going between Pete Gabriel's first album and Mike Rutherford's album. <laughs>
2: I, I I literally do not know what to say there you yeah. you're You're waving your power around in my face because you edit this podcast, and no matter what I said <laughs> to, to gainsay you there, you would just edit it out yes so this, yeah. I, I know I haven't got a say in this, but I will just say once again you're wrong <laughs> utterly uh, utterly wrong number twenty seven for uh, me number uh, two for you
0: uh, as the as the curator of this podcast. Uh, that's where it's going. So, number two. There we go. <laughs> In this definitive list of all the solo albums, it's a number two for the moment.
2: I'm writing my own list. I'm telling you that now. <laughs> and on my list, it's number 27.
0: Fair enough. Right, so we are going to take a little break from these weekly episodes for the time being, Uh, but our next album in the sequence that we're going to do, we're going to jump back a little bit in time to 1976. We're going to cover another Phil Collins-related album. Oh, good. You'll be pleased to know. We're going to cover the first album by Brand X which is called unorthodox behaviour. So if you want to get a bit of homework, you could listen to that and find out what we think of that next on the next solo review episode. But our next episode will be our 50th episode. So keep an eye out for that in a couple of weeks' time. Remember, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to the website buymeacoffee.com, search for The Revelation Station and donate the price of a coffee, about $3 to the running of the podcast. You can also send us an email, revelationstationpodcast at gmail.com or come find us on Facebook, where there's no beginning to the fun we have.
2: You're quite right, there really isn't. Um, I'm sure I'm going to hear some (laughs) some vicious words about this review. Uh, Yes. But there you go. Uh,
0: So in an episode where Gary finally admitted he was wrong, it's time to say take care. And goodbye, listeners.
2: Yes, goodbye. Thank you for listening. So I'm wrong yet again. Oh, if I was right, but once an episode.
0: Uh, Did it out, obviously.
1: Obviously.